Hi. Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan and joined by Brent. Hello. And Ski. Howdy, friends. Today we're kicking off season four. I will be doing uh, episode one. Ooh, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Typically the first episode of a season is the best place <laughs> to start, exactly. at least that particular season. Maybe um, some season we could like, start off with the recap. You think so? <laughs> and, then, and then go from there. Exactly. What did you guys think? What title would fit? We'd have to we're really go far thing. ahead. We're going to talk about 26 episodes. Episode one's going to be <laughs> <laughs> the one where. <laughs> so, so, yes. But but this, at least for this season, we'll start it with the uh, traditional uh, no. format. So this one, uh, yes, we have no Havanas, which is a, uh, a parody. You know, they often do this with their episode titles of the song, Yes, I have no bananas, or we have no bananas. It's from a play, right? No, it's from it's an old oh. song. Um, another r- nice current reference for the Golden Girls yeah. from a uh, 1923, yeah. and that song was number one for five weeks on the charts back in the 20s. Yeah. I read a little more. It'd have been a decent thing for a deep dive had we I been thought, doing that. I thought the uh, song came from something like a play or a movie or something. No, I don't believe so. I think it was from just a. There was something I read about the um, the inspiration for it, but no, it was just written for for the radio or whatever oh, for gotcha. recording artists. So, hmm. um, I'm but, sure somebody did a movie at some point, and that's where we know it from. Yeah, well, and it's been in plenty of TV shows yeah, and reference. Yeah. I mean, it's been on The Simpsons before and and other things, but uh, and like I said, I mean, it's been around at this point for nearly a hundred years, um, yeah. <laughs> even at the time of this show airing. It was plenty of time sixty five years old to so. gain its own in, uh, history, right? Right, exactly. So, um, but today I will be kicking off season four with our normal format, Ski doing the recap, uh, Brent and I uh, chiming in here and there, and then our MVPs, as well as our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake as we continue forward trying to figure out the best episode of the whole series. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, uh, any anything before we kick off the episode? I think I'm good. I've got nothing else other than this two pages of words. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Let's hear him. I'll meet you on the flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have one one listener comment um, to mention. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, we got a, a, a message on Twitter from uh, Angel's AMSR channel. Oh, hi. Welcome back, Angel. Yes, and she said, uh, hi, guys. Happy Friday. Um, and said, uh, me and Hubby were just talking the other day about how when the podcast in, you all should start a shooting the shit with Brent Ski and Allen podcast. <laughs> And uh, she said that she's behind right now in the podcast, and she was up to the one where we make fun of uh, Trump getting the coronavirus. <laughs> so I, I guess that gives an idea of how far along <laughs> the line she is at this point. Um, she said, best lines ever. Keep it up, guys, and remember, stay golden. Thanks. And I said that you know, we have definitely. That's yeah, awesome. We really appreciate yeah. it. Very nice comments. Um, yeah, thank you. We have awesome listeners. We do. Yeah, we really do. You know, and oh, we also got another um, five star review on on iTunes. Mm-hmm. They didn't leave a, a like an actual like name. comment type thing. Well, they didn't oh. leave comments. Yeah, but they just gave us. But we're up to twelve reviews now, with eleven nice. of those twelve being five stars. Nice. So. Well, what was this person's name? Uh, they, when someone doesn't leave a comment at all, it doesn't give us a name for oh, them really? either. Just pops up as five stars exactly yeah okay so but i'll take it you know you know if, yeah. if you don't have time to write a comment by all means just the five stars helps our you know overall uh, helps us in the algorithms and whatnot yeah, so definitely so we helps appreciate us find it. other people who might definitely. eventually like us also right so but um i did mention that we have talked about possible follow-ups once we're done with the series mm-hmm. and that i do think the best parts of our episodes is usually when we get off topic <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but we still have four seasons of golden girls to get through so uh Without further ado, Ski, I guess we're ready to kick off the episode. All right, season four, episode one, as he said, it's called Yes, We Have No Havanas. 
The Bill uh, Clinton story. Say what? <laughs> What'd you say? The Bill Clinton story. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Original air date, uh, October 8th, 1988. Uh, this one was written by Mort Nathan and Barry Finero and directed by Terry Hughes. Welcome back, Terry. Indeed. Long break, huh? Yeah. Uh, got the we, summer off. Probably, yeah. Because yeah, this is October. I think the last one was... May, maybe? Yeah. Uh, we, uh, it's oh, on we... that piece of paper, but I don't have the energy to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was from a week ago, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> the annals of time. Right. It's lost. <laughs> uh, we open in the living room. <laughs> Every episode, you work in a way to say anal. <laughs> I should. That would be pretty awesome. That's going to be your new, <laughs> new thing. This new game. Yeah. So that if we I'm ever... not trying to be anal on this, guys, but the details are really important. <laughs> That'd be great if, if uh, you know, like uh, the popularity of our of our podcast has continued, or at least, li- I don't know, popularity seems like a weird word, but the mm-hmm. listenership has continued yeah. to increase. <laughs> you like... <laughs> You're scratching the double digits. Popularity is a stretch. <laughs> We're not scratching the doubles or scratching the triples, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we have a we have a, a growing base of regular listeners, okay. um, and it continues to grow. So that's the good thing. But if we ever got to the point well, to where we could, huh? Sorry, no, I go ahead. You. I was just going to say. So we not only have um, Angel AMSR, but also her husband. Yes, exactly. So, so it's like a bonus listener that we didn't even know about last yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know if they're listening to it Garden State style or uh, they call so. their own device. I love the Bart. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. I like to think that that one now will get hit, cut oddly. Yeah, probably end up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we have a growing, growing listenership. Um, and if we ever got to the point where we, you know, where it would be worthwhile to try to sell merchandise. Mm-hmm. I definitely think having Ski with a Ski's picture on a shirt saying, I'm not trying to be anal. <laughs> 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 dot, dot, dot. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how now the, the, the back, winds blow. The back of that T-shirt, mm-hmm. like the very bottom, like by the bottom, we'll say, but Blanche is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Blanche has ever talked about that. She hasn't. But stuff? Think. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Her southern lady... You know, characteristics or... Well, I mean, she's talked about group stuff and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. she's talked about things that even by those times, I think, would have probably been more, uh, I don't know, salacious. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think she's antebellum. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, what you, is that your term for the, for the for the anus is the bellum? <laughs> if you're opposed to butt stuff, you're antebellum. Uh. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that one would be fun to squeeze in every time. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a lot squeeze more. That'd be a lot more difficult. If you're just trying to squeeze in the word anal, there's mm-hmm. a lot of ways you can squeeze in anal. But uh, anyways, yeah. but when you only do with an eight point five font, <laughs> right? <It's easier. laughs> Definitely is easier that way. <laughs> so not so much complaining, exactly, <laughs> or noticing. <laughs> wow. That's- Anyway. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, where were you on the recap? <laughs> we had not begun. Oh, okay. Terry Hughes. Yeah, we do not Terry Hughes again, directs. Uh, <laughs> I told you that last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for 25 of the next 26 uh, weeks, you'll be being reminded of it, though. Exactly. So, anyway, open in the living room. Mm-hmm. We see Rose enter, and uh, Sophia and Dorothy are already sitting on the couch. She says, girls, guess what? And Sophia, in a, in a somewhat upset mood, disparages her. She asks, 
why she always calls them girls and asks if she sees Molly Ringwald in the room. I didn't quite get, I mean, I, Molly Ringwald was 20 at the time this came out. <laughs> was there something specific she was in that said that girls, girls, girls or whatever would have applied I, to? No, I think it's just because even though she was 20, she was still in like, you know, 16 Candles and Breakfast mm. Club. She was playing a girl. Oh, okay. So it was just her as a young actress mm-hmm. was the reference. Yeah, that's yeah. probably just That's what I figured it might be, but I didn't yeah. know if there was some other nah, reference she, I was she missing. Didn't do a remake of Girls, Girls, Girls or... <laughs> Um, there's an Elvis Costello anthology called Girls, Girls, Girls. Oh, it's really? really, really good. Um, but I was going to say, so like she said that, it got me thinking that like I still slip up every once in a while um, and say girls instead of women. Oh, okay. Know? And I don't know. I feel bad about it. But I also kind of don't just because I also say boys when mm-hmm. I'm talking about men. Yeah. yeah. I would say that as far as a potential transgression goes, that it would be pretty low on the list, and especially, too, if you're mm-hmm. equal like if you say the way you describe either gender. If yeah. you say I went to the boys' room versus the men's room, I think everybody's going to realize it's the same thing. Mm. Now, see, when I hear someone say they went to the boys' room, I assume they're a chomo. So. A chomo? Yes, a child molester. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> because I figure they're going to the boys' room. Why don't you go to the men's room? Why are you trying to look at all these little boys with their wieners out? Not cool, Brent. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> when did I become the butt of your jokes? Well, <laughs> I don't like this turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really gone in a bad direction. But I'm just trying to, you know, your jokes are so pointed towards Ski, and they're so much more accurate and truthful <laughs> that, <laughs> that I feel like I have to balance it a little bit. Okay, um, with some inaccuracies. Yeah, exactly. Like, the thing I'm throwing at you is wildly inaccurate, uh-huh. whereas the things you throw at Ski are pretty close to home. <laughs> Remember your daughter who had a baby? Yeah. You know what that meant? <laughs> are you are you telling <laughs> But again, <laughs> there was nothing <laughs> shocking about that. You knew all Andrew, of these facts. Yeah, that is true. It's, there's nothing surprising to Ski, but he doesn't like being reminded of the things he knows. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's so. a good way of putting it. Yeah, I can see that. But. I don't know. Do you, do, you think that, do you think you'll at all have that same kind of feeling when uh, when Vanessa becomes a mom? I don't think so. So just yeah, I I don't know. Brent or not? When I say Brent, Gwen has been very adamant that she does not plan to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I may be able to go through my entire life believing that her purity <laughs> has not been yeah. uh, taken. But uh, yeah. who knows? Um, yeah, same with Vanessa. You know, my oldest and everything. So. Oh, so she doesn't plan to have kids at this point? No. Last I heard, she's not. She said no. Okay. Well. So she just, I don't know. She, like, she she likes boys and everything. Sure. And she has sort of a passing interest in them. Um, but she also just has no, you know, patience for stupidity. And it seems like all the boys that she meets sort of fall into that category. I would say most concerned. boys, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, with Gwen, she's been much more. It's, it's not so much that she hasn't... Um, I don't know, doesn't have interest in a specific person. And granted, she's 13, whereas Vanessa's 18. But mm-hmm. Vanessa's 20. Is she 20? Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's hard to believe. Um, but Gwen's a teenager, whereas Vanessa's an adult. Um, <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> although I guess you could be a teenager and an adult. i got to give myself a second because I need to cut some of this because it's getting bad. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the bark. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, my new vocalized pause. <laughs> We get some dead air. Yeah. I'm just going to fill it with some <laughs> scatting about the Bart. <laughs> well, with Gwen, she 
it's not so much that she had, hasn't expressed interest in a particular person mm-hmm. or not. It's just that she is very specifically said she has no desire to have kids mm-hmm. um, and that kids are gross other than herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I think growing up around her brothers has soured her on the idea of children. <laughs> yeah. um, but we'll see. Maybe once she's out of the house or whatever, she'll have a change of heart. Yeah. Either way, though, um, your jokes about Brent's or about uh, Ski's daughter mm-hmm. definitely bring up... Uh, knowledge he has that he wish he'd see didn't well and it's about you know obviously i've told you guys i love my grandson that's what mm-hmm. you should but it's one of those things had my daughter waited a little bit longer and been more established i would have been happier obviously mm-hmm. but uh you know what life doesn't play those rules so. yeah. exactly and you don't know you could die next week so i could least, die next week yeah, exactly so at least you got or at the end of this podcast mm-hmm. you could i'm just saying you don't know so at least you'll have these memories or you didn't get gypped I have one of life's events. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's a positive way to look at things. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would have looked at it, or will look at it, or whatever. <laughs> but, um, can we continue? Yeah, or go for it. Do we have more stuff? No, I, I think we're good. Yeah. I don't remember where we're even at. I don't know how much this will have to cut, I, but I think it'll be a fair chunk. <laughs> I think I got through the second line of my thing. Okay. So. <laughs> Rose walked in, called him, and Sophia's oh, yeah. like, we ain't girls. Yeah. Who am I, Molly Ringwald? Mm. Yep, that's a pretty good summation. Uh, Rose kind of calls her out for being so uh, snippy with her, uh, but Sophia does apro- apologize, citing that her arthritis is currently flaring up, her social security check was late, and she uh, realized she hadn't showered with a man in 22 years. Dorothy then reminds her mother that, oh, dad passed away 27 years ago. And Sophia says, I don't really see the connection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorothy, uh, a bit irate by that, says, you know, what do you mean by that? And Rose explains, you know, that clearly... She was showering with a dead man for five years. Yeah, I, I really like that line. I mean, it was one of Rose's dumbest lines she's ever said, but I thought mm-hmm. it was really funny. It was it was well-timed. Uh, getting back on uh, track, Dorothy <coughs> asks uh, what Rose's news was when she you know, burst in. And uh, tells she tells him that she has uh, tickets to a hot Norwegian musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy tells her that, oh, I'm pretty tempted, but uh, I will be busy. She says she's teaching a GED level history class for adults. Right. Uh, Rose asks if they teach the three R's, reading, writing, and rooster inseminating. Yeah. Now, granted, okay, the assumption is here that in St. Olaf, they they teach rooster inseminating, which there would be no point in that, correct? I mean, roosters are male chickens. Um, Yes. I actually (laughs) even had a little note saying, you know, it made no sense to me as roosters are by definition <laughs> the male of the species right. and would provide the seed, not accept it, at least in the traditional sense. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in St. Olaf they were more progressive and they wanted to encourage, you know, roosters to be their best self um, or their <laughs> truest self or whatever yeah. it is. So, Well, uh, yeah, Dorothy tells her no. No, they only teach the first two R's. And then Rose warns, you know, people may get uh, nasty rooster bites without knowing to warm their hands up first. Mm. With that comment, I was like, oh, maybe it did make sense in some regard. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Uh, Blanche enters asking if uh, the... Did, oh, go ahead. Did you guys ever see that Garfield cartoon about, like, the bull insemination or whatever? No, I don't think I've ever seen that. A Garfield, Garfield cartoon? Like Garfield and Friends? Yeah, like... Um, like so, John goes to the like John takes Garfield to the vet or something like that. Okay, and I forget what happens, but then like the the third panel joke, whatever, is basically like, oh, and then that's why you have to warm your hands or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget the whole thing, but basically it was Charles Schultz or who did Jim Davis? Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, Jim Davis. 
basically was like, oh, I thought everybody knew that you needed warm hands if you're going to inseminate a bull or something <laughs> like that, even though it wasn't introduced in the panel at all or anywhere in the thing. You just thought that was common knowledge, and people were all in it up. Or like, how did you expect us to understand this joke? <laughs> I like the idea that people are like, this Garfield makes no sense. Exactly. Bring me the head of Tim Davis. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If I wanted your non sequitur, I'd read the family circus. Yeah, back then they couldn't just look it up online either. No. Yeah. No, yeah, you would have. Had, well, it, it sounds like it was something that was so out of left field. I mean, granted, you don't yeah. remember the second panel, but still, yeah. <laughs> that it would have been a. Uh, I don't Jim know. Jim Davis was a, a huge loser, too, right? Yeah, he was. So mm. he's. He's, he's here in the heartland. Yeah. He went to high school with uh, James Dean. Mm. I didn't know that. I'm yeah. guessing from this information that uh, he must have been a member of the 4-H. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. yeah, it was part of it. Part of his justification. I don't even think they offered 4-H in my high school. Uh, I mean, of course, it was like in the, this, mm-hmm. not an inner city school, but within yeah. the city. Not at all, you know, near country uh, or, or farmland. So My sister was in 4-H. Oh, was she? Mm-hmm. I want to say at uh, Warren they had a, a sect of like a small group which was the Future Farmers of America. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. She was an FFA too. I think we only had a few people in that though, and I don't know if. They well, were. yeah. Again, Warren isn't anywhere near. Now, granted, Warren's a much larger school. I went to Cecina, which is a small Catholic mm-hmm. school, small-ish anyway. I think we had a hundred odd people in Aren't our. Too many Catholic farmers. Yeah, I would. Well, I don't know. I have no idea how many Catholic farmers there are per capita, but yeah, it's probably uh, a relatively low amount, but. Even far less farmers that live within the city limits of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. <laughs> on East Washington Street, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, but but you can return to your recap now that we've discussed uh, planter corn early out in Hallville, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Blanche, you know, enters. So, <laughs> speaking of Irvington, so like the Irvington Theater. Um, Within our timeline, next Saturday night, okay. they're doing a midnight showing of um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. They still oh, okay. do that? Yeah, yeah. Not like all the time, but every once in a while or whatever. And like this is the first one back since everything went crazy sure. or whatever. Um, Going to do the time warp again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they... You can't bring your own props or whatever, but they will sell you a kit conveniently. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have everything. <laughs> Mighty you need. nice of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they're doing that next Saturday. And it's only like $7 or whatever. But my wife's going out of town, and I was sort of like looking for concerts or whatever to see what was going on. And then I saw they were doing that. And I was like, you know, no good could come from me like asking permission from my wife to go to a <laughs> midnight showing of Rocky Horror while she's out of town. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously i would be going with like the best of intentions just because i really enjoy that movie sure but it's just my enjoyment of that movie is not worth even bothering broaching that subject with her <laughs> just the look you'd get all by itself probably wouldn't exactly. be worth it. <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah well i mean just as i hear you going on you know starting the story i was thinking like that seems like a thing that you would want to do that I would not have any interest in doing. (laughs) (laughs) And so it feels curious to me anyway, just like for whatever reason, I've never been a, never Uh gotten into the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. But yeah, I would imagine Helena seems like she would fall more in my, uh, (laughs) you know, corner when it comes to, comes to her confusion. (laughs) So, um, 
I, I'm not going, obviously, but like if I did go, it would be my third time oh, okay. to a midnight showing. Um, the second time was also there at the Irvington Theater, mm, um, and this would have been, oh shit, man, it would have been eight years ago or whatever. Okay, and I don't want to say the name or whatever, um, but it was the young lady whose sister was friends with Sherry okay. that you guys sort of roundabout set me up with. Oh, okay. We went to a midnight showing of that. Um, and it was fun and everything. But the first time I saw Midnight Showing was at this theater out in Terre Haute. Um, and this would have been in 96, um, late night, or early 96, late 96, somewhere around in there. Okay. Um, but it was a double feature. And so, like, at 10 o'clock, they were showing um, Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Oh, oh And then wow. at midnight, it was Rocky Horror Picture Show. And just, like... The lobby in between the two showings was like <laughs> night and day. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, it was like like 50% of the people there had like never seen the opposite sex, <laughs> while the other 50% had seen every square inch of the opposite <laughs> sex. And probably the same sex as well. Like they had exactly. seen every every square inch of either sex because it's a you know much more open group, yeah. I would imagine. Exactly. So. And there I was like in the middle trying to figure out which group I wanted to belong to. <laughs> So, so you went from one to the – did you see both showings while you were there? I did. Oh. <laughs> I did. So did you have to take off your chain mail and just – you kept the chain mail on, just took the shirt off in between? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I replaced my knight's helmet with a gimp mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show a couple times, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and – Holy Grail, that would be, if I was going to those sh- showings, mm-hmm. I would probably be the one in the you mm-hmm. know, line to the left heading yeah. to Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, still, that's a really good one-two punch, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an unusual Very pairing. Cool yeah, yeah, and like it made it worth it driving out to Terre Haute mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyways, so. So me and my uh, wife, just not to drag this out too much longer, but uh, we went and saw uh, a late night showing of Rocky Horror before. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember Hollywood Bar and Filmworks? Yeah. Yeah. We did that with some friends uh, a bunch of years ago. It's been closed a long time now. I love that place. But uh, we did that. And then we were actually going to go with some friends, Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine that got out of jail not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were going to go see Rocky Horror at Irving with Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. But uh, they had canceled the showing. Mm-hmm. So we were actually at the theater. We are looking outside. Oh. And we are like, I don't think anyone's here. <laughs> we saw. We finally saw a little mm-hmm. like, handwritten note on the door saying, yeah. sorry, canceled. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, funny. guess it's not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that didn't work out for you. But sounds ne- like you yeah. have another opportunity here next in a couple time, weeks. Next time, you yeah. let me know. Yeah. We'll, we'll I go literally just let you know that the next time is in like <laughs> Well, he says he's not going now. that time. Oh, you mean the next time he plans to go? Yeah. Oh, okay. I let you mean the next time it's showing in town for him to let no. you know. No. You, you and your wife and your convict buddy can go without me. It's cool. <laughs> I haven't talked to him again Well, then for he's going to be a time. third wheel without you there, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, so was the convict the third wheel previously? Well, no. I mean, he's... I'm saying the convict will be the third wheel without you there, so he needs you to balance out the car. Uh, <laughs> Who was the balance the last time? Well, last time, did you go, with, was the convict there last time? Um, yeah. Oh, so you the same like, guy, but he was married at the time. And, oh, okay, oh, was she there? She, they were there. Like, oh, okay. like, he brought one of his kids and oh, stuff. Oh, so, so you had like an 18-wheeler going or something like that at <laughs> We that met time. them there, oh, so okay. I mean, really, it's, it's different car loads mm, down, different I car see. loads. Well, it all goes back to me thinking of Grandpa Joe in that bed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, well, they had to do something after the movie was canceled. <laughs> that just happened two hours earlier than planned. <laughs> Anyways, so go ahead back to the recap ski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three R's, only do two of them. Yeah. Uh, Blanche enters wearing a dress and asks if it's uh, her style to the group. Sophia responds that it's too tight, too short, and shows too much cleavage for a woman of her age. Uh, Dorothy then reaffirms, yes, it is your style. Mm -hmm. uh, the girl is asked if she'll be going out on another date with this mystery man that she's been uh, seeing several times and that uh, they don't really know anything about him. Blanche insists that, you know, he's the, he's, there's no mystery behind him, but there is one little thing. Uh, then the doorbell rings and Rose goes to answer it, uh, opening the door to a significantly older Latino man. Rose tells him that they thought it was Blanche's date, but, oh, he's much too old. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it is Blanche's date. Right. Rose then apologizes, saying, you know, it's not her fault that her cousins have been marrying one another for generations. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that was funny that she basically blamed inbreeding on the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they introduce one another, and Sophia asks if, you know, if she'd seen his face on a cigar box before. Dorothy kind of snaps at her mom, thinking it's a racist comment. Uh, but the man explains, that, no, no, she's close. It was my father's face. Uh, and that they owned a famous cigar company in uh, Cuba. Uh, the, main's, the, the man's name is Fidel Santiago, and he tells him that his family owns a large tobacco plantation on the island. And uh, he used to be the most f famous Fidel in Cuba until, you know, before you-know-who showed up. Right. Uh, Rose, who is clueless, asks, who? And Fidel asks yeah, how she knew about uh, the cigars. And they didn't I think uh, Dorothy even says... Uh, well, she replies, like, uh, Rex the Wonder Horse. Right, uh, right. Which, in case anybody doesn't know, Rex the Wonder Horse, another nice modern <laughs> reference, um, was a, uh, a stallion who was in uh, film and serials in the 20s and 30s. <laughs> so, wow, I wouldn't even... <laughs> yeah. Like even contemporary. Right, yeah, yeah. Quite a few movies <laughs> to his name. Um, and I guess near the end, they had to use, like, multiple horses because he got too old yeah. um, <laughs> right like near the, the end of his career. The of yeah. they had over yeah. the well, I mean, I guess in the same movie, they had like three horses that played the one role, but mm -hmm. you knew it was him because he had like some sort of a white spot uh, mm -hmm. under his mane or something like that. So that's how you could, if you were really observant to mm -hmm. the horse that you were watching on TV yeah. or on the movie the screen, yeah. I should say. I wonder how many Francis's they had, like in those talking mule movies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Or I don't. Mr. Ed. I think probably. I don't know. Probably multiple Mr. Eds. Yeah, I would think, but maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to get a horse to chew gum or whatever they did to make oh, you him. You stick a carrot up its ass, it'll oh. move its lips. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you talk from experience. I didn't realize you were an equestrian. <laughs> I am a cinephile. <laughs> <laughs> you like to sample all the meats of the stew, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's Did a it? vicious cycle because by the time I get back to the front of the horse to film it, it's already stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to Definitely a two-man show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you don't involve Helena in this. <laughs> I'm sure she does as well. Yeah. So. Uh, Fidel asked the girls how the or S Sophia how she knew about the cigars, and she explains that uh, they used to keep their fine cutlery in their boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, he says that Blanche had described her as incorrigible, and Sophia admits that she probably deserves that as she describes her as a cheap slut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Blanche and Fidel exit, and Dorothy comments that, yeah, it makes sense now why they hadn't heard many details about him. Right. Uh, citing his age, I'm sure. 
uh, have a scene change, and then uh, Dorothy arrives in a classroom and uh, kind of greets everybody and then starts roll call. She stumbles on a, a name of Jim Shue. Right. Assuming that's a joke, Jim Shue, like, uh, but it is uh, actually the name of an Asian man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand, though, because I thought she was reading off a roster at first, mm-hmm. you know, like a printed type roster. I think so. So, but if she thought it was a joke, then did she think the joke came from the registrar's office? <laughs> yeah. um, because then you'd assume she was looking at a sign-in sheet, and if uh-huh. she was reading off a sign-in sheet, would she really need to call roll to make sure they yeah. s- didn't sign in and just walk out? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, do you have anything more to talk about Jim Shue? No. So um, the actor who played Jim Shue, um, like my wife and I are big fans of, he was on New Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just one of the just the best. One, he, I've seen him before. I recognized yeah. him. Um, not the best character on there, but as far as like random characters who popped up quite often, he was definitely our favorite. Yeah. Yeah. He was great on that. But we'll discuss that a little further when we do the recaps later on. Or okay. the, the guest stars, I should say, yeah. later on. Uh, she then stops when she reads the name Rose Nyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes over and asks Rose what she's doing there, and Rose uh, responds that she never officially graduated. She tells the story that uh, near the end of her high school career, she contracted and then spread uh, mono from uh, working in a kissing booth at the Founders Day Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she spent the next six months in bed, and when she was finally better, she'd uh, missed graduation and the integration of Major League Baseball. Yeah, you know, I looked into that, and uh, Rose apparently was a little slow on the uptake anyway when she was in school because <laughs> the integration of Major League Baseball was in 1947, and she was born, at least uh, Betty White, was born in 1922, so that meant <laughs> she would have been graduating high school at the ripe old age of 25. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so. Amongst the people that she spread mono to, mm-hmm. was she like, said like fifty other boys, right? Uh, in the a confused gym teacher, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That smelled of old spice. You know, my bigger problem, like I don't have any problem, obviously, with uh, the implication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the joke there was supposed to be that it was a you know a potentially gay gym mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. Um, but the bigger issue would be the fact that it's a teacher painted a kissing booth to kiss mm-hmm. a student yeah, yeah. Uh, that seems like a much bigger uh, problem I, I guess i'm glad she was a senior at least <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least she probably was of age but yeah. uh, still would have been mighty inappropriate yeah. uh, except for in brent's book where you know a teacher and a student can you know have a relationship at any time did i say that no i'm just talking about your professor cooper um now granted they're both adults uh, yeah. fully adults um, yeah, but exactly. still student teacher combo and she initiated it she did not initiate it <laughs> she did <laughs> the battle all, rages on folks <laughs> all we saw was her like trying to seduce him <laughs> i'll tell you what you probably had a lot of women that you thought tried to seduce you over the course of time <laughs> she was nothing but just innuendo after innuendo towards him i have to go back and rewatch that episode again mm-hmm. just so that i can strengthen my arguments <laughs> okay. at the end you said uh, something about if we get sponsors i think we should do another episode directly about that one yeah like that could like maybe if we ever decide to do a patreon account <laughs> then we can have a more in-depth uh, <laughs> debate on that particular one no should we should we invite guest uh appearances sure yeah like get some uh, maybe a female you know take on it mm-hmm 
Yeah, that would be a, re- a reasonable thing. So if you think that it would be worthwhile for us to start a Patreon account, by all means, let us, <laughs> let us know on any form of a, you know social media that you would like to pay for additional content. <laughs> and we'll certainly consider it. <laughs> so if we, get, if we get a deluge of uh, people saying, yes, we'd like to pay uh, <laughs> for this show that's barely worth our time, much less our money, um, <laughs> then we will certainly uh, look into the to that option. <laughs> so You're here to make to you guys us. happy. Like, can I pay to take a week off? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you let me record some stock footage, maybe, or some <laughs> to where I could insert it in. Um, it just wouldn't be a show without you at all. But um, I'll send you 60 minutes of zingers about ski. <laughs> you just splice them in as you see fit. <laughs> well, will you still watch the episode and give a rating that I can splice sure. in at the end, or are you just going to give me a bunch of ratings to no. choose from? <laughs> <laughs> just choose from adventure right <laughs> um no what page happened? five <laughs> what happened to your survey thing like for the joke about well the... we haven't got to that point yet okay so that one will be episode like as far as when we're recording this episode 21 is out gotcha. so episode 25 or 24 is where i'd mention that uh, gotcha. that potential survey and so we're a few weeks away from that gotcha okay i wasn't thinking things through so Anyways, but yeah, keep an ear. Well, don't keep an ear because it's already been, it's already happened. (laughs) (laughs) So here in a couple weeks, you may hear the results of of said quiz. If If you like to listen out of order, maybe then keep an ear out. (laughs) Right. If you're working very backwards through the archive, then, Uh you know, then by all means, you'll stumble upon what we're talking about in a couple episodes. I can't imagine listening to us Benjamin Button style. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we get, we don't get... uh, older as it goes by we get worse um, <laughs> the further back you go i think so this podcast is getting clunkier <laughs> well that's why i think that we have this odd group of episodes that are lower as far as total listenership than others that are in the kind of second half of season one um, because i think there are a lot of people that tried it out mm-hmm. gave up before they got farther in and then people who maybe came in later with gotcha. later episodes and we had kind of found our legs a little more mm-hmm. um and, and stuck around either haven't gotten back through to that Mm -hmm. far yet or got back to where we stopped being that you know Mm -hmm. i don't even say that good the quality we are now (laughs) did did people stop listening around the election um i don't think so i don't think there was any particular moment in time where people weren't listening um it's just that there's an odd you know Mm -hmm. it's just odd that like our most listened to episodes are the first say six or seven episodes Uh um and then Still is pretty high, but then it like trails off around, I don't know, maybe the 15th episode of season one. Mm -hmm. And then it picks back up when you get into season two, like the very end of season one into season two. It picks back up as far as the average listens per episode. But Mm -hmm. there's just this one odd, odd chunk Hmm. that is a little less, and that includes that, you know, the adult education episode. Okay. Anyways. Cool. Back to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rose is pleading with Dorothy uh, to let her stay in the class and, uh, finish her schooling which i don't really know that dorothy could stop her well yeah. assuming this is a paid thing right right i would think so i mean even if it's a public thing it's still something i don't think dorothy necessarily has the authority to kick someone out of class without maybe calls she kick her out of her class yeah Say, maybe hey, she has to take another history well, yeah because yeah rose does go into how she just didn't feel comfortable with a different teacher but with dorothy yeah. being the teacher that's what gave her the confidence to mm-hmm. go after her sheepskin yeah i mean <laughs> obviously i mean like rose gave up her you know tickets in mm-hmm. order to attend this so obviously she's serious about it right 
Yeah, and that was a pretty big Norwegian music festival that she could have attended. So. I assumed it was Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a festival, right? It was a musical. Yeah. Is Mamma Mia a, a Swedish musical? <laughs> it's about ABBA. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Boy, in 88, you know, do you think, I, I don't have any idea what the active years of ABBA was, um, but I feel they like it was before. Peak. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, but they may have still been active at that point in time, mm-hmm. so maybe not cranking yeah. out the musicals just yeah. yet. It was definitely, I'm trying to think like when Chess came out. I think Chess was like 85, 86, something okay. like that, and that was sort of like Benny's first big thing after ABBA, I think. Oh, okay. So do you Chess? What's that? The musical chess. No, I've never, I, I've never I seen it. I was totally but... lost on what you were talking about. I was, oh. <laughs> was going to make a stupid joke based on my ignorance saying, chess came out way longer ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's much older. What are you talking about? It's pronounced checkers. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, smoke comes before fire. <laughs> yeah, check out um, One Night in Bangkok by Murray Head. Okay. It was like the big hit from chess. It was good. Well, I know that song. Yeah, that's from Chess. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. But you know that song, though, oh, right? Oh, yeah, I've heard the song many mm-hmm. times. He used to be a hard man, but, sunshine. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needed humbling, though. Yeah, so. he doesn't. <laughs> and I'm here to do it. <laughs> I can always depend on you guys. I'm trying to remember more lyrics to, to make a joke on it, but they're not coming to me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one night in Bangkok and the world's your oyster... I don't know. The bit about you know getting my kicks above the waistline, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> the um, like the young lady who introduced me to that song—that was her favorite line. Oh, really? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a talking part too. Like, yeah, yeah. I get my kicks above the waistline, lady. <laughs> sunshine. Yeah. It is a fun song. Yeah. Uh, but she moved, was a fun girl. Moved by the story, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy agrees to let her stay. Uh, Rose then. Uh, kind of uncomfortably returns to her seat where uh, Jim Shue was uh, sitting behind her and had been somewhat uh, suddenly hitting on her, like you said, like uh, the lambskin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, you know, I don't have my lambskin, from, referring to a, a diploma. Right. And then he says he's got a few extra lambskins in his uh, wallet. Is that right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, no, I'd rather earn it. He seemed to like that answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to uh, take her to Benihana's, yeah. which right? I thought was just, I don't know. Like Pretty racist, too, right? Yeah. yeah. There was a couple. Well, you know, obviously the joke on his name was, mm-hmm. you know, had a mild racism to it, and then the Benihana joke just added mm-hmm. to that. But yeah, I will yeah. say he Both got his, uh, his snap back at, at Dorothy earlier. I didn't mention this before, but <laughs> yeah. it's worth bringing back up. Uh, she said, oh, I thought it was a joke. I thought I you were pulling my leg. Yeah. And, he's and like, he said, there's not enough sake for that. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, Dorothy uh, prompts the students to open their books and get started, but Rose stops her and insists that she's forgetting something. I've never had sake, um, but there's this rice beer called Zingtao. Okay. It's really, really <laughs> good. And, um, like, we were in San Francisco for work, and me and a buddy uh, walked over to Chinatown to get a beer, and that was, like, the only beer that they had oh, okay. <laughs> at this bar. And so it was like, Zingtao. So, you yeah. seem like a guy who would microbrew. Um, that seems like... Uh, with all of your various, uh, you know, food creating mm-hmm. hobbies that you yeah. enjoy, it's, I'm surprised that you haven't, you know, dived into. I've thought about it many, many, many times, but it just seems like more trouble than it's worth. Mm. Like it's just, I don't know. 
even though you enjoy a beer, like you're not uh, a heavy you're not drinker by drink any means. Yeah, much so. to yeah. go through an entire exactly. Batch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would feel bad, like you know, hoisting it upon people. Yeah, <laughs> it's like here, <laughs> drink my lager. Well, yeah, and it's like a, a fair chunk of your friend group is not beer drinkers. Yeah, so yeah. now <laughs> I would say if you did like a lot of like hosting events mm-hmm. or something, especially yeah, if you yeah. had a exactly. bunch of friends that really love to drink mm-hmm. or just beer in general. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess I could always take them over to the interstate. There at the exit ramp, there's a couple guys who look like they enjoy to find a nice IPA. You set up shop out in front of the AA meeting. You know? <laughs> hey, I know it's been a while. Come on, I'll, I'll, I'll trade it for a chip. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Brent makes his, his buck off human misery. <laughs> exactly. And business hey, is now. Good. <laughs> he gets his kicks above the waistline. Uh, but, yeah, so Rose you know, stops Dorothy and says she's forgetting something. She then uh, stands and proudly leads the class in a Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut scenes. They quit before the God line. Say like what? The, they cut away to the commercial. Yeah, I noticed they faded it out. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't pay attention to where they cut it, though. Yeah. I don't know if that was a conscious choice or. I don't know. I think they probably just had gotten enough of the joke in um, to to move on. I doubt that it was intentionally to leave out. But they've gotten more than enough of the joke in because they've gotten to like the fourth line or something like that. Yeah, that's true. You never know. Yeah, maybe it was just one of those things that they just did the whole thing and then like when they're putting it together, they're like, okay, we need to cut eight seconds off in order to fit into our allotted twenty-five minutes. Right. Cut there. Um, but then we cut scenes. We see Rose entering the kitchen where Dorothy is sitting in the, at the table grading history tests. Rose kind of tries to get some feedback on her for how she did, uh, but Dorothy won't budge, saying that you know she'll get the results in class. Uh, she asks if she did better than a man who uh, was part of the class who had had head trauma from World War II that doesn't even speak English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy tries to act at first like it's a preposterous question before finally admitting that, no, he had done better than her. <laughs> Uh, but reminds her that she's doing well in all her other classes, which I didn't realize up to this point that she was taking more classes. Yeah. Uh, Rose tells her that you know she thinks her poor performance is partly the fault of her old high school English teacher, Mr. Uh, Stickelmeyer, mm-hmm. I think is how it's pronounced. Yep. A, uh, and who is a Nazi? Right. Mm-hmm. Dorothy contests this, saying, "Oh, it's ridiculous. A lot of people don't like their you know teachers." Mm-hmm. But Rose uh, further explains that no, no, it was part of a nefarious German plot. To stupefy American youth prior to uh, German invasion, mm-hmm. uh, Dorothy then relents that you know Saint Olaf would probably have been a wise place to start, as uh, it would have been an easier beginning. For right. Her. Yeah. Rose tells her that uh, uh, the teacher's instructions came from top German leadership. Dorothy asks, "You mean Hitler?" Mm-hmm. Rose asks, "Who's Hitler?" <laughs> yeah. Dorothy's like, "Yeah, you really are bad at history." <laughs> uh, Blanston enters the room uh, rather upset. She believes that Fidel has seen another woman, as uh, she used to see him a lot, but uh, you know significantly less now. Rose suggests that maybe he paints like Red Red Skelton. Mm-hmm. Dorothy asks, you know, to hand her grade book. Rose you know, hands it over to her across the room or the, across the table. Dorothy promptly takes it and hits her on the head with it. Yeah, more elder abuse. It is the theme of the of the series. It is. Blanche claims that uh, it never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> Blanche claims that she cares for Fidel very much. Yeah, even though she stumbles in on his uh, last name, and then uh, what language he speaks. Right. She's called it Mexican <laughs> right. versus Spanish. Uh, Dorothy also suggests that there is a, uh, there's probably a different uh, reasonable explanation. 
Blanche agrees that, you know, stating that, quote, after all, he's dipped his toes into the lake known as Blanche, mm-hmm. unquote. Rose then looks confused at Dorothy and asks, that wasn't stupid enough to deserve a hit? Yeah, that actually I think was my favorite line of the episode. Easily my favorite, uh, yeah. Me too. Uh, Dorothy says to them, uh, you know what I'm going to do? Rose then instinctively shields her head. <laughs> right. Which I thought was a great, you know, callback. Uh, Dorothy continues that, you know, since they've all had a rough day, uh, she's going to treat them to uh, dinner. Uh, Rose is excited by this idea and says that she get really crazy. She even makes some uh, suggestions like eating Chinese food with forks or getting a BD, you know, claiming one of, their, one of them is having a birthday. Right. Getting a free birthday cake. Uh, she starts kind of babbling on, <laughs> Did though. Did she say, like, stick it to him? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy kind of stops her and asks if maybe she hit her too hard with that uh, grade book. And Rose tells her, you know, like, yeah, I've been using a new hairspray, which, you know, buffers most of the impact. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty great as well. So that that whole line, that whole series of stuff mm-hmm. I, I thought was my favorite. Uh, then we change scenes. Uh, we see the girls laughing and kind of eating some ice cream out by the beach, which, you know, if, if uh, a keen observer might notice, was uh, seems like the same set where Sophia met her friend Alvin, mm-hmm. who had Alzheimer's from yep. s- beginning of season three. Uh, Rose spots Fidel, actually right by that bench, mm-hmm. uh, with her with his arms around another woman. Uh, Blanche confronts him, asking for an explanation. You know, surprised to see her. Uh, she asks why he's been running around on her. Uh, before she even sees uh, the other woman, she asks if you know who. What is it? Is she younger, more attractive, more desirable? And then Sophia <laughs> steps out from around uh, Fidel, saying, you know. You got two out of three, Blanche. <laughs> yeah. Which was another pretty good li- line, really. Yeah, this is our first love triangle involving Sophia, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's I nice. I we'll have more. I don't know. I mean, I think you have to have only that specific kind of thing where you'd have a man that was significantly older than, mm-hmm. you know, one of the girls and, you know, probably a little younger <laughs> than Sophia. So that'd mm-hmm. be in that middle, you know, middle range. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it would be difficult to, to do this same storyline again in the future, but who knows? Well, if you remember back many episodes ago when they were doing the best friends of uh, good health or whatever. Right. Then Sophia bring in a, a much younger man. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't someone who she <laughs> stole from anybody else. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if, if it was something like that, she could potentially get a younger man. Yeah. That would be closer to their age range, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Fidel tries to explain, you know, his stand on it, but Sophia mm-hmm. jumps in and explains that, you know, we're actually an item. I'm even wearing his medical alert bracelet. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Blanche says, well, how long has this been going on? And Fidel starts to tell her, well, I've been p- allergic to penicillin for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a pretty good quip. Yeah, I think as neck and neck with uh, Roseline from a moment ago from, right. the, from the episode. Uh, Fidel tells them that, uh, you know, both that, that he tells both of them that he never really intended for this to happen. But that uh, he would speak to Sophia when he'd go to take Blanche out and found her to be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then says that they are both wonderful women and he'd like to continue to see them both, uh, but they will have to decide that for themselves. Right. Which, uh, at first, this, this kind of kills me for Fidel because, you know, whether or not he's even you know, cheating on one of them or not, the fact that he's saying, oh, I'd like to see you both, but I'm going to let you guys decide this, it just kind of seems scummy to me. Well, no, I don't know. It doesn't I, to me at all. Yeah, I think he's he's being open and honest with them. He's like, you know, I'm okay with this, but I don't want to ruin your guys' friendship. So. Well, Sophia clearly knew what was up, yeah. but Blanche, I think, thought it was exclusive. That was the scummy part. Now, granted, yeah, we find out I'm a saying. little later, you know, that 
he, he's, not, he's not <laughs> open about his other relationships, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like he was ever, you know, yeah. asked or, or put into a situation where he was made to claim that it was exclusive. Understood. Right. Yeah, that's, that's but, fair yeah. enough, I guess. I would say I gave him points in this one. I would take points away for him not being open with Blanche, especially dating his her mm-hmm. roommate. Like, it'd be yeah. different if he was... It's different that he's not open if he's dating other people that they aren't associated with. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take a couple points away for that part, but not yeah. for not for him telling them to decide. Yeah, I think it's just I don't know. From his point of view, it's sort of like turnabout's fair play, um, because for years, like Sophia had put you know her spoon in his cigar box, and now he's putting <laughs> his spoon in her cigar box. <laughs> yeah. All's fair in love and war and whatnot, exactly. right? So. <laughs> um, he then excuses himself to go change out of his LN suit, saying that, you know, it's the third of the day. Uh, with this, he has to change them out like Kleenex, which I thought was actually a pretty uh, good other line. Yeah. Uh, Blanche balks at the uh, concept of having to share a man. He does go through a lot of Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> but Sophia claims that... Uh, She's just scared of competition, saying that uh, he wants more than a cheap thrill. He also wants someone with a mind. Uh, then they angrily kind of storm off in opposite directions. Dorothy and Rose kind of look on, you know, stunned at the weird turn of events there. I thought it was weird that nobody's ice cream melted. Yeah, yeah, it was apparently some real, real cold ice cream. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're in Miami, nonetheless, mm-hmm. so. And he's sweating through his suits, but their exactly. ice cream is holding up just fine. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, yeah, it was maybe just enough ice cream to insulate itself. Right. Uh, returning from the date, oh, we changed scenes, sorry. Uh, we see uh, returning from a date with Fidel, Sophia is walking into the living room where uh, Dorothy and Rose are already sitting. She tells them that she thought they'd already be in bed at this hour and kind of insinuates that maybe they should go ahead and do that now. Right. It gives a little look like a... Uh-huh. Let's yeah. get lost. Uh, but then Blanche enters wearing a uh, sheer nightgown, commenting on how see-through it is. Sophia and Blanche begin to bicker when Dorothy reminds them of the rules they had put in place that when one of them with that was out with Dell, the other one would not interfere, which I thought was interesting that they came with rules. Yeah, seems like a reasonable uh, reasonable set of guidelines if you're yeah. both deciding to date the same dude. Great. But it also seems like a situation where you just go back to his place yeah. if something like that's going to happen. Yeah, I would agree. And anyway, Blanche uh, announces that uh, she's going to go take a bath, barely covering her, quote, perky bosoms. Sophia then claps back, saying she'll only be in an inch of water. Yeah, that was my favorite Sophia line of the yeah, episode. Yeah, because the, the whole Blanche quote was, excuse me, I'm going to take a long, hot, steamy bath with just enough water to barely cover my perky bosoms. And then that's when <laughs> Sophia chimes in with, you're only going to sit in an inch of water, which mm-hmm. I think was the sickest burn that we've had in this entire <laughs> series so far. <laughs> I think she tops it here in just a moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, at least the sickest burn up to this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they nearly come to blows at this point, but uh, Fidel, you know, asks them to be civilized. Uh, he bids them good night, uh, but both Sophia and Blanche say, that, you know, they'll see him the next day. Uh, doing various activities. Right. Uh, ending with Blanche uh, and dessert at midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, confused by the comment, uh, Rose asks, dessert at midnight? Uh, Sophia again nails her, <laughs> saying that there's always room for jello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're talking about, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really that like was that a one good too. one. Uh, Blanche calmly approaches Sophia at this point, looks down at her and says that, you know, she hates her and she regrets the day she moved in. 
Sophia replies that she regrets giving birth to her. Uh, she stomps away. Dorothy reminds her that she is her daughter. Uh, then Sophia stops and remembers, oh, yeah, yeah. I need a bromo seltzer. Yeah, that's an antacid. I yeah. was I was hoping that it was like some sort of a, you know, geeko biloba yeah, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I had to look it so. up because I was like, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. I don't know what that is. See, I didn't. Um, so, like, the first time I watched the episode, I thought she said bromacil. Mm. And so, you know, I looked that up and it was like this herbal pesticide, <laughs> like to kill farm pests, like weeds within like farming communities or whatever. And I was like, she's suicidal. <laughs> like I was all confused. And then when I watched I the episode the that. second time, I was like, go bro, my cells are okay. So I Googled that. And I was like, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> and she exits. Uh, Blanche says that she needs a cheesecake and heads to the kitchen. Uh, Rose and Dorothy follow her and insist that she's only pursuing Fidel uh, to support her own ego. Blanche, however, you know, tells him that she really does have strong feelings for Fidel. Sophia then enters uh, in her nightgown, and both of them agree not to fight. Kind of ground mm-hmm. rules there. Mm-hmm. Sophia tells her that you know, she's done with the back and forth. You know, they've been going on for weeks at this point. Right. And uh, she's given up Fidel. No hard feelings. Uh, moved by this kindness of this gesture, uh, Blanche, you know, follows her and says, "Yo." Why don't you take Fidel? I have all these other boyfriends. Right. Uh, Sophia smiles, turns to her, and simply replies, okay, good night. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you guys your opinion on this um, real quick. So this, she pulls out the cheesecake from the refrigerator, which would make it cheesecake number 12. Okay. But we never see them actually eat any of the Mm -hmm. cheesecake. So does it count as cheesecake number 12? Yeah. Okay, so it still counts regardless of if they're... Any time they present a cheesecake okay so if the cheesecake's on screen it gets <laughs> counted okay well then cheesecake number 12 i wanted yeah. to make sure to mention that are we going with uh strong references like they just ate cheesecake too or no, no? i think we need to see a cheesecake of some kind i, yeah. I could say if there's a plate with a crumb of cheesecake on it yeah I'll, i can count that yeah but if there's like oh that cheesecake was good that yeah. doesn't count like if it's a clip episode and like we're gonna have a cheesecake and the next time we see them they have empty plates right it's implied that they finished cheesecake during sure. the anecdote that seems yeah. fair um and I did, there was one line that she had left out from earlier on, just not too far back, but that I wanted to mention. Um, and this was Sophia referring, talking about Fidel, saying that uh, he's a man, I'm a woman, I've got what it takes, and he knows how to use it. Um, and that, those are lines from the song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my baby loves love, my baby. Yeah. He's yeah. got what it takes, and he knows how to use it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, I think you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You have a surprisingly good singing voice. No, I don't. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot better than you give yourself credit for. So if people, again, if you want to pay for content, <laughs> I can definitely have Ski sing the hits on our... Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> has to, has to be, uh, what do you call it? Um, a public domain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're, so you're going to need like that uh, that banana song. We could definitely have them. <laughs> it's old enough now, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Uh, it's almost 100 years old, so I think it's safe, <laughs> safe to sing. <laughs> anyway, so you know she she got her on that now. Okay, good night. Blanche turns back and looks at Dorothy and Rose, knowing that she'd been outsmarted. Uh, then she turns around and chases Sophia, yelling for her. Uh, we change scene again. Uh, Dorothy uh, is bringing cookies and milk to the living room, talking sweetly to Rose. Rose at first is of course excited by this, but quickly realizes that something must be bad uh, because she uh, says that she's only nice to her when something's wrong. Which is kind of a sad statement. Right. Uh, Dorothy sadly explains that she had failed her history exam and will not be getting her diploma. Uh, obviously hurt, Rose tells her that, you know, well, yeah, well, you have a big behind. 
Dorothy responds kind of condescendingly that she, they should keep their conversation at a uh, adult level, but then quickly, you know, backpedals, saying that you know if they're comparing, they could play how the West was won on her backside. Right. Uh, she then explains how sorry she is, but that you know she really still had to grade everyone fairly. She points out uh, one of her wrong answers. Uh, the question was the leader of the Third Reich, and she'd written Fritz Stickelmeyer, mm-hmm. uh, her old history teacher. Rose grabs her history book and insists, you know, shows a picture saying, you know, that this, this, the man is the same guy that she's talking about. She even claims that uh, Ava Braun was uh, their high school PE teacher. Mm-hmm. And so Rose kissed Ava Braun. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, yeah. didn't, uh, I didn't put that yeah. together. And there were, That's uh, why I had you go back to clarify that she <laughs> and there were the even, gym teacher. <laughs> there were even rumors that she uh, she had dated, you know, Mr. Stickelmeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, tired of argument and talk and taking into account uh, this added knowledge that she had mm-hmm. that I guess Hitler was teaching at her high school. <laughs> right. Uh, Dorothy changed her grade to a D minus, meaning that Rose can graduate. Yeah, I guess I didn't understand what these classes were. Like, were they literally classes to replace the credits that she didn't receive? I'm not sure. Because I would have assumed that at Rose's age, now maybe she does have a GED, mm-hmm. but she wanted to have an actual diploma, and so that's why maybe, she took the actual maybe. classes to get that. That would probably make sense. Because yeah. yeah, otherwise, how would she get it? GED is just a single test. Right. Yeah, and how would she get a job even at, like, a grief counselor without at least a GED, I would yeah. think. <laughs> so... The 80s were a more forgiving time, maybe? That's true. That's true. They were. <laughs> uh, Rose is ecstatic and rushes over to hug uh, Sophia, who has just entered the room in a sort of fancy black dress. Sophia tells her, you know, that uh, she's now qualified for any job that includes a cardboard hat. <laughs> uh, Dorothy asks her mom where she's going, all gussied up, and she tells her that, you know, Fidel is taking her to the Burt Reynolds Theater, which we have referenced several times. Yep. Uh, just then, Blanche enters the room, also dressed out, uh, dressed up, ready to go out. They quickly find out that they are double booked for the same date with Fidel. Uh, unsurprised by this mix-up, Dorothy says it was bound to happen eventually, uh, and that they've been wearing the poor guy out. <laughs> I, I don't really feel sorry for him at this point, though. <laughs> the phone rings, and Dorothy answers it. Blanche and Sophia, kind of off on the side, continue to argue, and they both uh, then claim that they're going to go. Dorothy stops him and says that no one is going, including Fidel. And then we cut scene again mm-hmm. uh, to Sophia in another black dress telling Blanche, we killed him. <laughs> we, <Yeah. laughs> we see uh, a room full of mourners at Fidel's funeral. <laughs> Sophia continues that you know they were too much woman for him. Dorothy interjects pointing out that uh, his advanced age and you know uh, these things happen. And that he had a heart attack ultimately, right? Is what we find out. Right, yep. Uh, Rose then looks around and notes that all of the attendees are women. Uh, preacher addresses the group and begins his eulogy, talking about Fidel's finer qualities, his kindness and such. Uh, the women in the crowd then begin to cry, and Sophia kind of stands up and interrupts, asking the attendees to, you know, which of them was Fidel's girlfriend. And basically the entire congregation then raises their hands. <clears throat> Excuse me. Blanche looks back at the crowd, upset by this revelation. Rose takes as a good sign, though, pointing out that, you know, with all those other ladies involved, <laughs> her and Sophia likely had very little to do with his death. Right. <laughs> uh, a woman stands up to leave, saying that she won't be mourning for a man who slept with everyone in the room. Uh, Dor- Dorothy states that, you know, she was never with him. The lady looks at her and replies, I guess even he had his standards. Right. Uh, Sophia stops, 
uh, and pauses or pushes the preacher out of the way, essentially, and then continues the speech. She points out that Fidel was a liar and a cheat, you know, but he also had uh, had made a lot of these ladies feel good about themselves and feel attractive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she has a good follow-up saying, based on the kettle club in front of me or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have this specific line? Yeah, I think it was, uh, and looking out at this kennel club, that was no small accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> I did really like that line. Uh, she says that <laughs> one day on a, when it's a sunny day out and she smells a cheap cigar, she'll think about him and smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then returns to her seat, and Dorothy tells her how very sweet that was. Uh, Blanche apologized for all the fighting they've been doing and says that if they could do it over, you know, she'd give her Fidel. Sophia isn't exactly swept away, uh, swept away by this generous <laughs> comment, though, even though she more or less stole <laughs> Blanche from him, uh, along with the multitude of other Miami women. All right. Uh, she then exits the room, giving examples of how unimpressive Blanche's gesture is since Fidel is now passed on. Mm-hmm. Do you have those written down at all? No, no, I didn't. I didn't write down her different yeah, quips that she was like, going. I think she even says something along the lines of mm-hmm. uh, a marble statue would be a better dance partner or yeah. something. And they'll think about Fidel just as often as they do Coco and Mario Lopez and <laughs> right? the other Latino gentlemen in their lives. Well, and that closes us out, and right? That is it. Yeah, she yeah. leaves the room, and that's the end of it. Well, we had uh, four guest actors in that one. Uh, we had uh, Magda Hareout. She played a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, 63 titles to her name. This is their only Golden Girls, and everything that she had been in was pretty, uh, you know, mm-hmm. bit roles, like uh, extras and things of that nature, small no, no small actors, just small roles. I don't know. Except uh, Billy Birdie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we had uh, John Achoin. He was the priest. 83 titles to his name. Again, his only Golden Girls. Similarly to uh, Magda, a lot of things that were just you know small parts and mm-hmm. different things. He did play Oscar in Not a Night of the Comet, which mm-hmm. I know is a movie that Sherry's a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I've never so. heard of that one. Um, and then there was uh, Ralph on, as mm-hmm. uh, Brent alluded to. He played uh, Jim Shu yeah. in this one. 43 titles to his name with seven of those, uh, seven episodes of New Girl as mm-hmm. Tran. Yeah. And yeah, so have you ever watched New Girl Ski? No. Well, he was a. St- I, I like Zoe Deschanel quite a bit, but I've not seen that show. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the main characters on it is a guy named Nick. He mm-hmm. ends up being like the love interest for Zoe Deschanel later in the series. Mm-hmm. And he has this. Uh, old Asian friend that he goes and talks to and that's mm-hmm. Tran yeah. and he Tran doesn't speak any English and mm-hmm. Nick doesn't speak any Chinese but he goes and talks to him and then <laughs> Tran will say like something. A sounding board I don't almost. think Tran even talks at all does he? He like his very first episode he says something and then his very last episode he says something. Okay. But like the middle five he just smiles. And yeah and then the whole time like Nick will say all these things about this problem he's having and then I'll be like oh you just really get me you always know the right thing um, type <laughs> of a Thing. There's an episode where um, Nick meets, starts to date Tran's granddaughter, and he says something about you know Tran being his best friend. And his granddaughter's like, "Well, you're not his best friend." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Clear that line. That's real, pretty great. Real quick for you, Ryan. It is not. It's yeah. not shared. One of my favorite Nick Miller lines from New Girl is um, he says something about. Like, take he's take gonna take a shower or something like that, and she's like, you know, did you get clean? And he's like, I stood under the shower till the water ran clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh no, that's great though. <laughs> it's a good show. I would definitely recommend it yeah. if you haven't ever watched through it. It's it's well, it's got quite a few people on it that mm-hmm. I I recognize. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
We named our cat uh, Winston after oh, really? the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Winston, I remember after the first season when Coach leaves, I was really mm-hmm. disappointed, but then Winston's so mm-hmm. much better yeah. overall. Um, well, Coach was only in the pilot. Oh, was he only in the pilot? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why he left such an impression yeah. on me. He does come back, though. Yeah, near the end of it, um, doesn't he? Yeah, when Happy Endings got canceled, mm. he came back. But they didn't get rid of Winston, which I thought was really big. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't because he was a great part of the show. Yeah. Um, but then uh, we also had a uh, – oh, and, and for, for Ralph, um, for Jim Shu, mm-hmm. that uh, actor does come back again uh, mm-hmm. near the very end of season four. So we'll get to see him again this yeah. season. Looking forward to it. And then our final one uh, – Henry Darrow, um, he played uh, Fidel Santiago. He uh, he actually died really recently. He died uh, March fourteenth of this year at the age of eighty seven, which is uh, you know it made it a pretty good long life. Eighty seven years, uh, one hundred and sixty five titles to his name. Um, quite a few things. He's on a couple different uh, iterations of uh, Star Trek, a couple episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Um, mm-hmm. And Star Trek so, Next Generation as well. So they must have aged him up. That's what I was saying, too. Yeah, he, right. Because, I mean, if he's younger than Betty White. Right. Yeah, so he... And honestly, he played it well. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I would have definitely... I or or the makeup too, artist yeah. or whatever. They did a good job. Um, but he was in 63 episodes of uh, Zorro as Don Hala Alejandro de la Vega. Hmm. And uh, 93 episodes of Santa Barbara as Rafael Castillo. Um, so, yeah, quite a... Quite a long, uh, successful career for him. Mm-hmm. Good so, for him. Um, so, Ski, who got the MVP for you for this episode? I definitely had to give Sophia. Uh, she was pretty intricate to the main story, which I like when she is. Right. And uh, she had a lot of great zingers. Yeah, yeah. I went with Sophia also. I was debating between her and Rose because I really liked Rose's part, mm-hmm. um, especially that one particular line of, yeah. like, didn't that deserve a hit? I was, um, I was on yeah. the border for that too, but yeah. But yeah, ultimately, um, yeah, Sophia with those sick burns, it was just too much for me mm-hmm. to pass up on her. <laughs> Agreed, uh, Sophia all the way, hands down. And so she's she's off to a great start this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe she'll end up overtaking Rose uh, for this season's MVP. Who knows? But she's off to a good start. Three votes from the first episode. Definitely. So uh, Ski, how many slices of cheesecake did this one earn? I give it a five. I liked how uh, in- involved the girls were, but I didn't really care as much for the the two fighting with the single smarmy old man. Which, I don't know, some of the things you told me uh, kind of softened me on him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still thought it was ungallant of him to be playing people against each other. Especially when we find out later he's got like 20 or 30 chicks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went with the five also. Uh, I, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I thought there were some definitely good zingers. Um, and and the, the story overall was, was good, but it just didn't... It didn't grip me enough to where I feel like yeah. it should go into the pantheon. Yeah, I didn't feel but I, but I enjoyed it. It was a good episode. So five for me and five for Ski. What about you, Brent? Eight. Eight, wow. Eight, yeah. You loved the episode? I did. I can't believe you two well, were good. giving it a five. I'm, actually, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you liked um, it so much. I mean, I thought that, yeah, I don't think there was anything wrong with this episode at all. I thought, you know, Rose had some great lines up. You know, Dorothy was a good butt of a joke or two. Uh, Sophia had all the zingers. Um, for the first time, the Goldens were fighting over a guy who I could get. I could understand why they were fighting over oh, him. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought you meant like a, a guy that you were like, yeah, I, I could sympathize. get him. If, if it was me versus those two, I could. Yeah, oh, and it's one of those things that I think he was he was above board. Mm-hmm. And I think Ski was being very unfair towards, you know, Fidel. Um, you know, you hate the game, not the player. <laughs> <laughs> I played by a different set of rules, my friend. <laughs> but enough a pocket pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I played by standard rules on that. 
Well, I don't know. I I, I I can't agree with you that I think it was a perfect episode by any means. But what I was did wrong think with it. What's that? What was wrong with it? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think it was maybe as funny as you thought it was overall. Um, we got how many great Sophia zingers? Sophia or Rose having the best line of the episode? Yeah, I thought there was like four or five lines I thought were, were really particularly good in the episode. Um, but I, I guess I just didn't love it as much as you did. So. I think the only, like, if I were to be nitpicky about the episode mm-hmm. and trying to come up with something, I guess it would be the Nazis escaping justice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, living out their golden years in St. Olaf. Why don't they live out their golden years? I think the, the implication was that they were in St. Olaf prior yeah, was, to uh, to World War II. That was my impl- that was my assumption as well from what she said. Yeah, because... They're saying prior to invasion. Well, no, it, but, like, didn't... She was what? Her graduation was what? When was the integration of baseball? Forty-seven. Say? Okay, so that's after World War Two. Well, but she didn't say when. When was World? Do you know the the dates? Forty of, to forty-four. Okay, well, she just said that that would have been her high school graduation. I mean, it doesn't fit with your joke of her kissing Ava Braun. But had she been supposed to graduate in forty-seven, that could have been a grade school uh, history teacher. She didn't say what grade she was in when she had that history teacher. Yeah, it was her history teacher. I know it was her history teacher, but she didn't say it was during her senior year of high school. It was during the 12 years she was in school, so it could have been in, like, 1935 or something that he was her Yeah, but you don't get a history teacher, teacher until you're in high school. I and think she did say her high school yeah. PE teacher was Ava Braun, too. Yeah. All right, well, I... I the, so the, this would have been post-war. So you think that they... So that was the... <laughs> so then in your mind, they, they snuck out and then tried to bring down the U.S. system through... Yeah, like they, they faked their deaths and went to St. Olaf. Oh, okay. I mean, their time well, before the war now. Is, <laughs> their time before the war is well accounted for. <laughs> it's after the war that we... No, that's true, that's true. Um, well, anyway, it doesn't change my score for it, but uh, but it's a different perspective on it than mm-hmm. that I had initially. So. But anyway, uh, maybe now you'll revisit uh, adult education and get a better perspective <laughs> on that one, too. It, again, didn't change my score. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fritz Stickelmeyer. Mm. He's out there, Alan. He could still, be. <laughs> still. <laughs> it's 184. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, with that little bit out of the way, then, uh, the first season of uh, the first episode of season four is in the book. So stay golden, Coco. Nine. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. So I assume though, if she does come over, she'll be bringing the the youngster with mm-hmm. her. Alexis and Eddie are at one of his friends' house. He said they were blowing stuff up. Yes. What, what kind of stuff? They got quite a bit of the fireworks. <clears throat> I was a little bit upset actually because I was like, "You guys are on a pretty fixed income for buying." <laughs> it was over a hundred bucks of fireworks, I think. What do they owe you money right now? No, but okay, well, who cares? Well, I expect them to be saving. I told them that. That's part of the deal. Dude. They're going to be living at your house mm-hmm. until Camden yeah. moves out if you <laughs> on his them, own. If you expect <laughs> them to be saving, you need to charge them rent and then save on their behalf. Yeah. I actually did think about that. We've done that in the past. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be your best option if you, you know, and obviously you could still just set it all aside, and then when they do move out, you give know, them and half. what's that? Give them half. Yeah, either that or don't give well, them any of it, and then wait till the first time where they're like, hey, we're, oh, you know, yeah. some shit happened, and you know, our heater went out, or whatever, you know, shit happens. Even yeah. people who are being responsible, shit happens when you're young, and you <laughs> yeah. don't have, you don't have the ability to really have a nest egg or anything when you're a young person. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, yeah, other than that. You have no hope of them saving money, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had Brandon live with us for three or four months under a, a circumstance that we were very clear about that it was a limited time thing, and yet still money saving was not. Uh, not on his list, huh? No, n- not particularly anyway. Although they did move out and they got their own apartment. They saved enough between him and his girlfriend to, I don't know if they saved enough even or they just. That's, that's something that didn't work out well. Are they still together? No, no, they broke up. Um, seems like she's a bit pretty, crazy and pretty quickly, in fact, wasn't it? Yeah, like she was a child bride, right? She was of age, um, and Brandon was—they were pretty similar in age. She was maybe a year or two younger than him, but he okay. was at that cutoff age in between. Um, t- I want to say he was in his very <laughs> early twenties, but she was eighteen okay. at the time. Uh, gotcha. So, although I think she was in high school when they started dating, mm-hmm. so by Indiana's laws, I think they were. They were safe, but by the laws of Brent, maybe not so much. <laughs> so, Deck would have had no problem with it. No, none at all. Um, yeah, I feel like that joke didn't land, but I don't think there's a way I can cut it out. <laughs> so, no, oh well, can't all be gems. Anyways, I, I may be able to find a way around it. Uh, to I think it should stay. Yeah. I like it. Eh. Keep it in. I thought um, it was a funny intro. Yeah, agreed. Well, listen, there's only one person on this show that we take a lot of shots at, and that's you, and I don't want to take the focus off of you, Ski. <laughs> anyway. I would hate to contribute to the stealing of the thunder of that. <laughs> <laughs> it, normally, Brent's the one bringing the thunder <laughs> when it comes he to that. He didn't make a few, like, Eddie jokes this time around. Yeah, Brent's thunder is a lot more deadly than mine. <laughs> Mine's like thunder you hear off in the distance, and Brent's like a lightning <laughs> that bolt that hit right next to you. Like you need to come that with a lightning rod in hand. <laughs> Just a strategic strike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the shock, but he's the awe. Aww. <laughs> so. Why aren't we recording this? We are. We oh, are. Okay. Yeah, there'll probably be some of this that gets into the end of the episode. Yeah, whenever we have good stuff at the beginning, then I typically will just throw it on after the Pepper closing. Pepper it on there. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, all right, Ski, you ready to kick off? Whenever you guys are. And you as well, Brent? Yeah, is that a new ruler? Nope, same one. Would you like to use it ever? No, I'm good. Thank you, though. <laughs> all right. It's very green. Yeah, I know what I got. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, him so you feel like that would be the reason you need a ruler? <laughs> like, the Ski just uses it to measure himself periodically, hoping for a better result? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought he meant with font size. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what he's saying is you may be an eight-point font, but he is. <laughs> exactly. Oh, 72 Helvetica. <laughs> yeah, so Liam said that. I don't know what the situation was exactly, but, uh, you know, so Joey's 10, uh-huh. Liam's 7, yeah. and they were in the living room together. I was in the kitchen doing something. And Joey says something about bananas, and Liam says, I got 24 bananas in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joey's like, Dad, Liam made a joke about his privates. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my boy. Yeah. It's 
like, you know, honestly, though, th- that's the joke he's making. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not telling you until to do you anything later, to his 24 bananas. <laughs> until you later find out he had 24 bananas hidden in his pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know, fairly comfortable with his nudity. <laughs> so that's a good thing, I guess. I want, I, you know. I hope the children grow more comfortable with their bodies than I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yeah. too comfortable, but yeah, more, yeah. more so than myself. Yeah. 